Today on Truths That Transform. You and I were born in a Christian nation. That may not be said for your children or grandchildren. The tragedy of America is the one country whose political order was decisively shaped by the Bible and by the Reformation, and yet it's rejecting the distinctiveness of its roots. I'm Rob Pacienza. This month, we're celebrating America's birthday. Today's radicals on the left want to sever us from our nation's history and rebuild upon foundations far from what our founders envisioned. But the revolutionary period provides us with a very clear case study in where that would take us. Not long after the American War for Independence, the French had their own revolution. America was built upon a Christian base while the atheistic French Revolution set out to destroy any vestige of Christianity in public life. Our Providence Forum Ministry, under Dr. Jerry Newcomb, has produced the Foundation of American Liberty series of documentaries. Here is a preview of the newest one, endowed by their creator, which investigates the stark difference between the two revolutions, which we forget today to our great danger. After the success of the American Revolution, France had its own revolution in 1789, but it was very different in many ways. During the French Revolution, they didn't want done in the year of the Lord, like our Constitution, so they made 1792 year one of the Republic. And then they destroyed religious monuments and statues like St. Genevieve. They dug up her grave and our good King Henry IV. And then they turned churches into temples of reason. It was an intentional effort to de-Christianize France. The American Revolution, French Revolution, is the battle in the United States. Which revolution will prevail? Uh, this, uh, in so many ways, God being obvious enough, they, they loathe the idea of God in the French Revolution. The secular republic was the ideal. In America, they, they believed in secular government, but in a God-based society because rights come from God in America. And you can only have liberty if you have God. And, and, uh, this, is, this is a logical, this is not a faith statement I'm making. People will either feel accountable for their behavior to God or the state. Those are your two choices. It, it, is, it is an absurdity to believe they'll be good if they're accountable only to themselves. If you're only accountable to yourself, you will always justify what you do. So that, that, that's just, that's, it's, it's, it's foolishness to believe you can make a good society where everybody is only accountable morally to themselves. That is the battle, the French Revolution and American Revolution. And God is the ultimate issue. No creator, no creation, no moral absolutes versus the Declaration of Independence which speaks of the self-evidence, presuppositional self-evidence of a creator, creation, and moral absolutes. That is the epicenter of the culture war. In a nutshell, our founders sacrificed their prosperity 
for their posterity, us. They pledge their lives, their fortune, and their sacred honor to secure our blessings of liberty. We, on the other hand, have fallen into a pattern of doing just the opposite. We've set on our posteriors while socialistic policies plunder our posterity financially and morally on the altar of temporal prosperity. We must be prepared not only to repel the enemy outside our borders, but to uncover and crush the more dangerous enemy within. This Bill of Rights secures to us the God-given freedom of speech. It was a great contrast, the American Revolution in 1776 versus the French Revolution in 1789. The French view has virtually swept the world. Chinese communism, the fruit of 1789. Russian Marxism, the fruit of 1789. You know, much of so-called liberal democracy in Europe, and the left-wing progressivism, the fruit of 1789 most of the American intellectuals, 1789. And that's why they have very deficient views of freedom. And the tragedy of America, it's the one country whose political order was decisively shaped by the Bible and by the Reformation, and yet it's rejecting the distinctiveness of its roots. The repercussions of the godless French Revolution are with us to this very day. Did the founders of America intend our nation to be a purely secular one? Did they intend that God has no place in our government? Did the founding fathers intend a secular government? Secular in the sense that there was to be no established church. We will have no established church at the national level, but the churches at that time were thought free to have state churches as they saw fit. That's why the First Amendment says Congress doesn't say the states, doesn't say the local school boards, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Nevertheless, while there was to be no established state religion at the national level, that did not mean that there was to be no national recognition of God. Our national days of thanksgiving clearly recognized that. So a public acknowledgement of God as a nation was never thought to be contrary to the principle that there is no established church. helpful to remind ourselves of, of some of the other activities of the very Congress, the first Congress that drafted the First Amendment and sent it to the states for ratification. Uh, within a matter of hours of having approved the First Amendment with its language, Congress shall make no law respecting establishment religion, this same Congress sent a request uh, to George Washington asking him to set a day, aside a day in the public calendar for prayer and thanksgiving. And Washington complied. There is a separation um, of church and state, but it's not a separation of God and government. All men are equally entitled to the free exercise of religion according to the dictates of conscience. James Madison. James Madison, a key architect of the Constitution, wrote a document called Memorial and Remonstrance, and the purpose of it was to not force religious doctrine by the power of the state. In that document, he notes that because Christianity is of divine origin, it will stand on its own. 
Whilst we assert for ourselves a freedom to embrace, to profess, and to observe the religion which we believe to be of divine origin, we cannot deny an equal freedom to those whose minds have not yet yielded to the evidence which has convinced us. If this freedom be abused, it is an offense against God, not against man. To God, therefore, not to men, must an account of it be rendered. James Madison. In other words, the state is not to support the church, nor is the federal government, sometimes called by the founders the general government, to interfere with the church. There is not a shadow of right in the general government to intermingle with religion. Its least interference with it would be a most flagrant usurpation. James Madison. Our founding fathers wanted a, a, a way of keeping the state from influencing the church, never keeping the church from wanting to influence the state. They wanted that because they knew that was going to be the thing that brings stability. Once the Constitution and the Bill of Rights were accepted, one of the first actions of the first Congress was to appoint a minister, a chaplain, to open Congress in prayer a tradition observed in all the states, a tradition that lasts to this day. They did the same for the military, hiring Christian chaplains to serve at taxpayers' expense, so that religion could have positive influence in society at large. And they called for days of prayer to the Christian God. They encouraged the role of voluntary religion in society. Does the separation of church and state mean the separation of God and government? Those are two different things. God is our theological worldview, our ultimate reality of where truth and values and ethics come from. We're not being told you can't appeal to God if you're in government. It's saying you cannot have an established form of worship that the government is going to support. That is prohibited, but not your faith. You're allowed to be a believer there is no sense that that's ever been removed in any way by any leader. That was modeled by Washington and even Thomas Jefferson himself, who regularly worshipped, believe it or not, in the Supreme Court chambers in the Capitol building on Sundays, which was turned into a church. He didn't see any problem when it was now not government to having a worship service there, and that's where he worshipped. We have come to learn that the separation of church and state was the ideal, and in fact, this was one of the great interventions of the Catholic community in the United States to the Second Vatican Council. The key question for the founders, how do you sustain faith? Faith of any sort requires freedom. Now, rather like the recycling triangle, it goes round and round ad infinitum. Freedom requires virtue. Virtue requires faith. Faith requires freedom, which requires virtue, and so on. Now, the trouble is the word virtue today has become sort of goody-goody. But for the framers, virtue, obviously coming from the classic understanding, that all ethics has to be rooted in courage. So the word virtue is related to the word for man in, in Latin and so on. But the point was for them, virtue included honesty, loyalty, patriotism, and above all, character, who you are when no one sees. John Adams once noted, our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. I think that yeah, our, our, our Constitution and our government was made for a moral people, uh, people who loved liberty. And 
And and the reason why is that we at the initially uh, we had very very few laws because people's behavior was governed by uh, customs and tradition and religious values. Today we're moving away from that, and what we're seeing we're seeing more and more laws being written to control human behavior, as opposed to personal values. As you have just seen, the secular radicalism of the French Revolution was nothing like the appeal to God-granted rights in America's move to independence. Yet the spirit of the bloody French Revolution is on the rise today, notably among elites in our educational and media institutions. They are churning out a generation of militant radicals in their image. They could not be further from the truths this nation was built upon. Dr. D. James Kennedy explains in this portion of his message, America, a Christian nation. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And the Bible asks, if the foundations be destroyed, what shall the righteous do? There is no doubt that this is indeed a nation which was built upon the foundation of God, that the Lord indeed was the God of this nation, that it was founded upon the principles of God's word, upon the teachings of Christianity, and for the advancement of the kingdom of Christ. All of that is under enormous attack and has been for the last few decades. In fact, so effective has been that attack that the historical revisionists have all but removed every vestige of our Christian heritage from our textbooks in school. You and I were born in a Christian nation that may not be said for your children or grandchildren unless we who have received this marvelous patrimony do something other than let it sift through our fingers like sand because we are engaged simply in personal peace and prosperity, as Dr. Francis Schaeffer used to say. And my subject is America, a Christian nation. That is a concept which has been so systematically blotted from the collective memory of this country as to sound in the ears of most people in America to be an alien philosophy, an intrusion of religion into the tranquility of a secular country. There are those in our country today who are busily tearing apart that foundation who would gnash their teeth at the idea that this is a Christian nation and will not be satisfied until they have removed every vestige of our Christian heritage from not only the mines but the monuments of this country. But let's go back to the beginning, to those intrepid pilgrims that set sail from Holland to come to this country after fleeing their native England 12 years before. 
Their governor for 30 or more years was, of course, William Bradford, who gives us the only history of that period. And before they set sail from Holland, he described their motives in coming. He said they had, quote, a great hope and inward zeal of laying some good foundation or at least to make some way thereunto for the propagating and advancing of the gospel of the kingdom of Christ in those remote parts of the world. Yea, though they should be but even a stepping stone unto others for the performing of so great a work. That is why they came, said their governor. They came for the propagating and advancing of the gospel of the kingdom of Christ. And after a fearful journey of 66 days without ever being allowed up onto the deck of the Mayflower because of the great gales and storms, they at last sighted the inhospitable shores of a winter New England coast. They harbored there in the bay and before going ashore, they met in the captain's cabin and wrote the first contract of government, or as they would call a covenant, the first constitution of America. Its birth certificate, as it is called, we call it the Mayflower Compact. It begins with these words, in the name of God, amen. That's where America began. And it goes on to say, quote, having undertaken for the glory of God and advancement of the Christian faith, a voyage to plant the first colony in the northern parts of Virginia. And so they themselves here officially declare and sign that which their governor had said about them before they left Holland, that they came for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. That's how America began. Ah, but there are those who don't like to hear that. And surely that must have ended with those first pilgrims. But my friends, it did not. When finally the New England settlements at last got together, and they formed their first bond in what is known as the New England Confederation. They said in that that we all came to these parts of America for one and the same end and aim, to advance the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. One and all they came for that end, they declared in the New England Confederation. The documentary evidence is voluminous. It would take hours even to quote it. It was thoroughly studied by the Supreme Court of the United States in 1892. And they gave us what is known then as the Trinity decision. And in that, the Supreme Court of the United States declared, quote, these references add a volume of unofficial declarations to the mass of organic utterances that this is a religious people 
This is a Christian nation. That is where this nation began. That is the place from which we came. There were in the beginning and there are today those who believe that this which we have received as our patrimony, a nation of freedom and liberty, and only where the Spirit of God is, is there liberty. Those that have been willing to fight and to die for such a country. And if a nation is built on such exalted principles as these, if it was created for such noble purposes as the advancement for the kingdom of the kingdom of Jesus Christ and the glory of God, then indeed such, such a nation deserves our sacrifice and our support. America, a Christian nation, demands an equal sacrifice from each of us. Hello, I'm Jennifer Kennedy Cassidy. As you just heard from my father, America's founding was overwhelmingly Christian. Those Christian foundations placed the rule of law even above the king himself. And if America is going to survive beyond her 247th birthday, it will require Christians to fearlessly and lovingly lead a return to those foundations. We must point America back to her roots in God and in biblical law. Today, our cultural institutions are dominated by the heirs to the bloody secular French Revolution, which attempted to dethrone God and establish a nation on human reason alone. It resulted in a bloodbath full of horrifying acts of cruelty, and the offspring of that revolution are still with us today. They seek to rewrite our history, marginalize Christians and conservatives, and cancel those who hold to traditional morality. They want to build a gender-fluid, socialistic utopia ruled by, you guessed it, themselves. That's why it's essential for you to understand what's happening. The great Christian social critic, Oz Guinness, has written a booklet, 1776 versus 1789, and we want to send it to you as our thanks for your generous donation to the work of this ministry. The two revolutions, Americas and France's, show us as clear as day the difference between a Christian civilization and an atheistic one. The 20th century was led by those holding the spirit of the French Revolution and it resulted in the killing of more than 100 million people in the Soviet Union, in China, and in Cambodia, among others. Find out in this booklet the crucial differences between a Christian founding and a godless one, and how we must return to our Christian roots today to save our nation. And if you're able to give a generous gift of $40 or more, we'll send you the booklet plus the new DVD documentary, Endowed by Their Creator, from our Providence Forum. Our own Dr. Jerry Newcomb is a best-selling author on America's Christian roots, and he produced this eye-opening documentary which highlights our Declaration of Independence, which rooted our rights in God rather than in government. 
That's a far cry from the godless revolutions that have led to death and tyranny. This special documentary features such experts as Dennis Prager, Oz Guinness, Eric Metaxas, Jenna Ellis, and more. Our schools now often ignore this history, so you'll not only want to see it yourself, you'll want to make sure to share it with your children and grandchildren. That's the insightful booklet 1776 versus 1789 by Oz Guinness as thanks for your generous donation. And the booklet plus the DVD documentary endowed by their creator as thanks for your gift of $40 or more. And as you give, you are helping this ministry to produce these programs and broadcast these truths, which almost nobody else is doing. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11154, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339, or call toll-free 877-962-7677, or go online to djkm.org. In just three more years, America will be reaching its 250th birthday, which is a remarkable achievement in human history. July has always been a time in which we look back upon the signing of the Declaration of Independence on July 4th, 1776, with a certain amount of awe and reverence. But sadly, that's begun to change in recent years. While the nation birthed by those relentlessly brave statesmen has given the most freedom and prosperity to the most people in human history, today's neo-Marxist radicals view the founders and thus the nation they established as irredeemably oppressive and sinister. They teach this view to American school children and propagate it in the media. While it's true our national character has been stained by the terrible historical injustices like slavery and Jim Crow, it's also true that the founders sowed the seeds of freedom in the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and the Bill of Rights so that those unjust institutions could not long endure. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and the American Civil Rights Movement succeeded, not by rejecting America's founding, but by calling Americans back to the founding principles. But today's radicals have come to pillage and destroy those truths. They want to dynamite our foundation, overthrow those principles, and rebuild America as a new socialist utopia that they can control. But make no mistake, there is nothing new here. This is the same godless totalitarian ideology that birthed the bloody French Revolution and later led to 100 million deaths under communism in the 20th century alone. The Founding Fathers insisted that our rights come from God, and as the atheist regimes have proven, when God is removed from the equation, we have no rights at all, just the iron fist of tyranny. America's Independence Day celebration is a good time to remind ourselves of the unparalleled legacy of freedom and prosperity handed down to us by the founding generation. It's also a good time to rededicate ourselves to opposing the revisionist, nation-dividing, grievance-peddling falsehoods of the woke mob that wants to erase our history and tear down our nation. I want to thank you for joining us today. Please stay connected with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And also visit us on the web at djkm.org for a great collection of resources and digital programming. Finally, 
we invite you to come worship with us here at Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church if you're ever in Fort Lauderdale, or you can always join us by live stream at crpc.tv. And now, here's a look at the next Truths That Transform. It's particularly disturbing to see the failure of the FBI to aggressively investigate and find the culprit who's responsible for the attack on the Compass Care Center in the Buffalo area. That's next week. This has been a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries.